0: Today, don't know what it is. It's bringing tears to my eyes. There's an old milk carton with a picture of a missing Lindbergh kid, it's been there quite a while. Mr. You're a braver man Yeah. Cleaning out the fridge You can help yourself up There you go. <sighs> that's
1: that's a twisted tune we made. Some stories never change. You know, some things just keep their shelf life, <laughs> if you will. Matt and I were talking about some of the some of the stuff that couldn't be made today, you know, some of the movies or songs that couldn't be made in today's modern, politically correct, woke society. That one still could.
2: They would have kicked Hawkeye Pierce out of his unit long before that series ended.
1: Seriously, yeah. I mean, you know, but when we mentioned this before, it's called presentism, where you judge history by the standards of modern day life. And we've evolved as a culture. We've evolved as a country. We've dissolved, dissolved, we've evolved. And
2: we've devolved in other ways. Yeah, we
1: have devolved quite a bit, too. We seem to be going backwards a lot of times, you know?
2: Well, like all of the behavior that we thought we had progressed past that was supposed to be taboo in society, in the workplace, in general population, then you see it magnified on the Internet.
1: That, Yeah, that's a fact. Everybody's opinion is now elevated to uh, equal ground with those people who have, oh, I don't know, gotten education, done some research, lived a little. You know?
2: If you're a misogynist, you may not say it at your workplace, but you can hide behind a keyboard or tweet somebody, yeah, and just throw out whatever vindictives you want to, invectives you want to spew,
1: yeah. So, like any invention, you know, good and evil. Good can come. Bla- <laughs> Boy, is that the truth? Blazing Saddles. I love that joke. A Blazing Saddles has been edited for television. It'll be on tonight from eight o'clock to eight o seven. Yeah. No, <laughs> the sheriff is near. No! Oh boy. Yeah. Um most of the tunes we made in the 90s we couldn't air for you tonight. We did a tune called bisexual to Queen's bicycle, bicycle race. Um and it was it was not derogatory, but I don't know that we would be allowed to play it tonight. You know, Um, there's a bunch of them like that, that
2: there's a lot of things that weren't even in this. This is the presentism thing you talk about. There is you have to look at intent and a lot of things in previous decades were not intended in a harsh spirit in the same way. A lot of your tunes weren't, but the verbiage and what's societally, quote unquote, allowed. I mean, it's not literally banned, but what's a you know, permit permissible in quote unquote polite society. Right, changes.
1: Well, we and then we incite cancel cancel culture. Right. We um remember you know you know a dirty woman from Pink Floyd. Uh, we did. Oh, I want to be a woman. You know, as I'm just a female trapped inside a man. You know, uh, but we can look for that. I want to be a woman. The Twisted Tune. Maybe we can we'll use that as a kind of a test case. To see if, um, you know, to see if folks think that's too much for modern woke America. Oh, if, oh another one. <laughs> Inflatable woman we did to American woman. That one that one probably wouldn't pass muster these days.
2: But I don't think that one's for reasons of PC. I just think no, no, that's no. content.
1: Yeah, 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 no, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: It's not like those subjects aren't talked that was, about. That
1: was one of the greatest of all time, too.
2: Inflatable woman! <laughs>
0: I am just- You know,
1: we we were we were young and dumb. Let's just leave it at that, man. Um, Archie Bunker wouldn't get on TV today. Texter points
2: out. Now that's one that kind of that I would agree with that, and that's kind of frustrating because the whole point of that show was making fun of Archie and his bigoted ways, and to do that, it showed him purely behaving like the bigot and the sort of retrogressive person that he was.
1: Yes, it exactly. It was poking fun at the antiquated social points of view of of Archie Bunker. And it probably wouldn't make it past, you know, the censor the board today. And, and it, it broke so many, you know, it's funny. Comedy is what we use to to change people's minds. We really do, man. To make somebody laugh at their own point of view is to make them relook at their own point of view. You know, we, at Christmas time, walking around in women's underwear, I don't know if we could play that one anymore. Probably the most successful tune we ever did. Right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember hearing that on radio stations all over the country. It was, that was a huge song.
1: I told you that was the, the, the crowning pride moment of my life, right? We were, uh, we were interviewing um, Harry Shearer of Simpsons fame, of Spinal Tap. Bassist Derek Smalls of Spinal Tap is Harry Shearer. He came in to town with his wife Judith for their annual Christmas show. He was talking about said, I gotta tell you guys a story. It was at Don Henley's Christmas party. Somebody's always playing the piano at Don Henley's Christmas party, singing Christmas carols. I started singing walking around in women's underwear, and half the room joined in because they knew the words. At Don Henley's Christmas party, I was ten feet off the ground.
2: Oh <sighs> so so for context here, let me ask you this question in uh-huh. the creative process of those twisted tunes. Mm-hmm. At that time, did you have people from these different communities as friends or associates where you could go, "Hey, I want to run this by you," or were you just kind of rolling the dice and taking the chance that it would be understood in the intent that you meant it?
1: That's a great question. So, one time we did that. There's a song called "The Handicapped Can." Can you find that? It's uh, it was to the Candyman, and we wanted to. We were we were worried about offending those folks. And I don't know if, if you can. It's not even appropriate to say handicapped anymore, right? Physically challenged is what you guys exactly. You know what? What you're supposed to, to to use the terminology is supposed to be the preferred terminology. But that was the only time we brought in a bunch of folks who were, you know, disabled or handicapped or physically challenged, and uh, you know, and you said something earlier that just really rings home. It's the intent. You know, I think, I think racism lies in the mind of the user. You know, everyone's so quick to throw the R word around about racism. And, and, and we should be careful. We should be respectful. But that's kind of to me what the definition of woke is, is to be respectful and understanding that your your life, the words you use can be hurtful. Can be offensive.
2: Yeah, I mean Norman Lear's intent was not to encourage people to be like Archie Bunker. I- exactly.
1: Exactly. That was not
2: the intent of the contest. No, Archie of was show.
1: Archie was comic in his bigoted, conservative, <laughs> antiquated points of view. That's I who would Archie say Bunker Archie was. Archie
2: Bunker was beyond conservative. He was like paleo conservative.
1: Yes. Ronald Reagan was the greatest president. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, of course. Boy, I think Archie would have loved Trump though. Sure he would have.
1: Well, uh, and and that's one of the reasons so many Americans rallied behind Donald Trump's message. He re- re- really did harken back to a a time when America was a country you could be proud of, a lifestyle that is is you know faded into history, a country that we've we've evolved from. For good or bad, a country we've evolved from into, into who we are today, a texture says, "So is it physically challenged parking now and no longer handicapped parking? That's a great question. Ah. <laughs> so it's, you know here, here's a story where we're going to run this break because this, this is kind of a nice evolution of what we're going to talk about. But states are trying to pass laws. This is going to be our section of good states gone bad. Mississippi Republicans. The Mississippi state legislation passed a bill to create a separate unelected court system in the majority black city of Jackson, Mississippi. The Republican-controlled, white-dominated Mississippi state legislature is creating a court system that they that is not elected that they staff and a a police task force to govern over a population of a city that is 80% black a court system that's unelected a police task force that answers to no one no one that voted to make that city what safer in the eyes of the republican legislation in Mississippi in Jackson Mississippi the mayor of Jackson is calling it unconstitutional it would expand a separate capital a separate capital police force overseen by only state authorities the force would expand into white majority neighborhoods outside of Jackson which is 80% black Mayor Jackson's calling it the most oppressive legislation in our city's history. It is—it's oppressive because it strips the rights of Black folks to vote. It's oppressive because it puts a military force over people that has no accountability to them. It's oppressive because there will be judges who will determine sentences over people's lives—judges who weren't voted for. It's oppressive because it redirects their tax dollars to something that they don't endorse and don't believe in. Bill passed on party lines, of course, 76 to 78 because republicans hold a significant majority in that community and they get to pass laws because of doing large part gerrymandering. But It's states that just – states that aren't really working for the people, at least not for the, the majority of the people of that area. It was more fun talking about inflatable woman, though, wasn't it, than talking about state laws?
2: (laughs) Mm. Well, the thing that grabs me about this is the representative that introduced the bill is from the northwest portion of the state, which – I was born in Mississippi (laughs) – The northwest part of Mississippi is not exactly a haven of diversity, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, Jackson is a much more diverse city. So somebody that doesn't even live in Jackson proposed a bill that only affects Jackson. Now, there's a conflict of interest there because he doesn't represent Jackson constituents or their needs at all. He's not doing this because of any need other than the stated alleged backlog of cases. So he basically says... And they ask him why. He's like, well, I like coming to the Capitol. Well, you work at the Capitol. It's not, <laughs> but it's not your hometown. Right. And you're attempting to impose this rule of sorts on people that are not even your constituents. Now, you have to ask yourself why. Why would he want to do that? Probably not for a good, heartfelt reason, if that's how little he has to say about it.
1: Right. He's, they're doing it for exercising control. Overpopulation that won't vote for them. That didn't vote for them. Hmm. Oh, here's the text I gotta take a moment to read. It's, uh, from the 425. Everybody knows, everyone knows about Twisted Tunes. We played a couple of Twisted Tunes for you. Nazareth's former guitarist Billy Rankin asked me about them when I told him I live near Seattle. Wow. He was in Bob's garage in the early 90s. I was there that day. And told me your songs are known in Scotland. Wow. Nazareth came to Bob's Garage I've never seen anything like that in my life Nazareth up, uh, did Hair of the Dog now you're messing with a son of a bitch right Hair of the Dog we're in Bob's recording studio in his basement and Bob had a, a, a world class recording studio we had you know Paul Rogers from Bad Company we had Robin Trower we had Nazareth we had so many bands would come through town and play in Bob's Garage Great White, White Snake, you name it they were all there Blue Oyster Cult Nazareth's lead singer, Smoked. And this guy, Bob has this, you know, f- probably a $5,000 microphone, a Telefunken, this beautiful... In fact, he bought... This it was, it was Neumann. He bought this microphone from Abbey Road Studios, okay? They had a sale of extra equipment, and he bought it, and it was in a studio. And this guy from Nazareth, were playing the, they're playing Hair of the Dog. And he's smoking in the studio, and he takes a big drag... And smoke just destroys this five thousand dollar breathing smoke right into the microphone. Nazareth live at Bob's Garage. Did he replace the microphone? Oh hell no! Bob paid to have it clean. You don't tell Nazareth they broke your mic. You get him more beer. Those guys drank every every bottle of Newcastle Brown Ale within the a twenty mile radius of North Bend that day, and then they played that night in town. Awesome. Anyway, it's <laughs> thank you for remembering that there, Texter. Oh from the 425. I love the
0: people who listen to the show. It's Coward I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. We'll be right back. Now I know Spanish horn Crash can dream come true. You stand at the edge while people run you through. And I thank the Lord. There's people out there like you. I thank the Lord there's people out there like you.
1: Gotta play the chorus, gotta play the chorus. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. Elton John is just fine. I know sometimes when we play music, it's like, oh my gosh, what did I miss? No. Burt Backrack passed away at the age of 94, A Wonderful Life. Elton John is still very much with us. Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's. What a great tune. Is that Madman Across the Water? What album is that? Or is that is
2: Do- Honky, Chateau Honky Chateau from 72. Gotcha.
1: Oh. A texter said Elton John is the, the artist who... Turn them on to rock and roll. So nice job there, Matt. Way to pick that up, my friend. Mm. Yep. Boy, you know, when you start covering the news about politics, and, and no one was championing the side of a white legislation trying to pass laws in Mississippi that would strip away rights from the 80% African-American population of Jackson, Mississippi, the capital. That's what we are talking about in the last break. How the Mississippi legislature was, you know, taking it upon themselves to inflict their will upon a population that didn't have any say that would be most affected by these laws they're passing. It's kind of the same thing that happened in Flint, Michigan, where the state of Michigan took over control, declared a state of emergency over the city of Flint, in an effort to uh, help a budget shortfall, they decided to draw water from the Flint River because it was cheaper and would save money delivering water to the citizens of Flint, Michigan. The water of the Flint River was the constitution of that water had a chemical had an element that ate into the lead pipes of the city of Flint. That's what led to their Leaching lead from those pipes, the untreated water of the river, the Flint River, causing lead poisoning in that city. Remember that horrific, that horrific public crisis of the children of Flint, Michigan. I mean, it lasted like two, three years where there was no clean, safe water for the citizens of Flint, Michigan, mostly an African-American city. That change was made by a white Michigan legislature who declared a state of emergency because they knew best and it was best for the city of Flint. And to save money, they decided to put the people at Flint at risk and poisoned an entire generation. I just – this other story is from Missouri. Matt sent this one to me today and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. There's a public safety bill being proposed by the, the, the legislators of, of Missouri, state legislators of Missouri. And state lawmakers voted down a proposal, an amendment to a public safety bill that would have prohibited minors from carrying weapons without adult supervision in the state of Missouri. And conservatives, Republicans in that state, voted 104 to 39. They voted that amendment
2: down. Because. To be clear, the background of this bill. The measure was part of a bill that was a broader crime bill. Mm -hmm. It was put in there by Republican Lane Roberts. He's the former police chief of Joplin, Missouri, and the state's director of public safety. So this idea actually originated, or at least had strong support, from a Republican former member of law enforcement.
1: And the amendment to this public safety bill, this crime bill, was that minors shouldn't be allowed to carry weapons. In Michigan without adult supervision that's all they were asking and that was voted down so now that you know you can have 14 year olds carrying loaded AR-15s in the streets of Missouri how does that make sense how is that
2: this is interesting to me too this uh, Tony Lovasco a Republican from the St. Louis suburb of O'Fallon Now, his quote on this is, while it may be intuitive that a 14-year-old has no legitimate purpose, it doesn't actually mean they're going to harm someone. We don't know that yet. Okay, so maybe he would feel that way if it were one of his constituents' kids in O'Fallon and maybe they had some camo and they were going to look like they might be going out hunting. I'd like to see him feel the same way if an inner-city 14-year-old was open carrying a firearm.
1: Boy. (laughs) Well, then it, uh, it's true that most of the anti-gun laws in this country were put into place after the Black Panther movement started arming their the black population during the 60s, during the civil rights movement. You know, yeah, it's, it's, fi- it's fine to carry. The, that's yeah.
2: part of the argument that gets brought up, especially by people who are avidly pro-Second Amendment. But the truth of the matter is – there's still not equity in that because we've seen the disparity in how white people are treated writ large versus how some bad apple officers treat minority suspects. So I don't imagine it would go much better for them if they had guns. Unfortunately,
1: uh, you're right on the money. I, I, you know, the fact that we don't we don't know that a 14 year old has ill intent as he carries a loaded AR-15 down the street. That's the argument.
2: Well, yeah, because you you know, right? You know what the what a lot of the and I'm I'm not trying to stereotype here, but I'm saying if you are from a rural, more "quote unquote" white part of the country or your state, your association with teenagers carrying guns might be the hunting thing, right? It might be the rural life thing, but at the same time, they're going to be the same people that say, you know, the part of the problem in the inner cities and our, our urban areas is that we don't crack down hard enough on kids with guns the first time. Okay, so you're setting up a double standard.
1: Yeah, you are. How about the emotional maturity levels of minors? Is, shouldn't that come into play? I mean, you can't... Well,
2: it used to be common. like this didn't used to be a left or right thing. No, But but now he's making it into this thing of, well, while it may be intuitive, it doesn't actually mean that. Well, I don't think you'd be as patient with someone from a different culture who was carrying the gun. I strongly suspect. I'm right. not accusing you uh, uh, of being yeah. racist, but yeah. I'm saying I strongly suspect there might be some hypocrisy there.
1: Well, you want to test this law out. Let, let's see how many urban youth, African-American youth – carrying weapons down the streets we'll see if that gets a change in their mood.
2: Yeah, it ain't gonna be the county sheriff, you know, busting some kid with a rifle in the back of his truck. It's not gonna be that. This is this is targeted. Yeah, just is. like the court bill was targeted. Yeah. And you ha- and look, I try to do steel man arguments. I try not to do straw man arguments about things that I may be inclined to disagree with. But I can't find logical consistency in any of this. The only thing it appears to do is single out a specific segment of the population for unequal treatment. That's wrong.
1: I I couldn't agree with you more. I don't know that any, I don't know that any minor needs to be carrying a loaded weapon in the streets of any, of any ethnicity in any part of the state. I don't care if it's a rural hunting you know, open carry minors with weapons just seems like a bad idea. You can't vote in fairy teen because you're not mature enough to make informed decisions. You can't consume alcohol under the age of 21 because you're not emotionally mature enough to make responsible decisions, but we'll trust you with a weapon designed to take human life efficiently because of the second amendment.
2: Keep in mind, this is a state where you still can't get legal marijuana. Oh, they're screwed. Why
1: are we even take, wasting our time? <laughs> I love the state of Washington. Sure, we do some knucklehead stuff here as well. Boy, but some of the parts of this country are just, it's a race toward, you know, the, the 1800s, the 1900s in some places. It's Kyra Knights. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. Thanks for bringing these stories, man. I appreciate Both of those. You're right. It's about fair treatment. Everybody's talking about fair treatment under the law. Not just for Joe Biden and Donald Trump, how about for every kid in Missouri? But for every kid in Mississippi, how
0: about for every citizen in America? We'll be right back after these. everybody. You're
1: the kind of girl. Talk about the states, the state of Missouri that allowing, uh, or, uh, prohibiting a amendment that would required 14-year-olds, uh, minors, to be supervised when carrying firearms in public. And they said that, that we didn't need supervision. A texter, John, points out, people usually have to pass a hunter's safety course to lawfully hunt. Minors should always be supervised and instructed. Couldn't agree with you more. I'm not anti gun. I'm anti irresponsible gun. I think we can all agree on that, right? Uh, we talked about uh I forget what we're talking about. Oh, racism. We mentioned racism and how it's in the mind of the user. It's the intent that means racism. And uh the four eight oh. I love that area code. Uh how you behave shall you be treated? Because i you know, Friend of mine said this. Not a racist. I'm a behaviorist. My old man just told me, "A holes come in all colors." You know, doesn't matter what somebody looks like. It's how they act. It's kind of a urban take on the Martin Luther King quote. You know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we mentioned uh, that the we can't use the word handicapped anymore. Disabled is derogatory. Physically challenged. So it's texture says, "Is it physically challenged parking now? No longer handicapped parking." Matt mentioned that all in the family, Archie Bunker, right? Today, probably couldn't get on TV, missing completely Norman Lear's intent to poke fun at the character that was Archie Bunker, the bigoted, you know, stuck in historical points of view, and a texture says they're bringing all in the family back, going to start showing all in the family soon on, uh, they said that's the 19th, they think. On one of the channels, uh, Channel Two Thirty or MeTV, I think it is. Channel Fifteen on Comcast MeTV. They uh, they have so many channels that show everything. You can find anything. I bet you can find BJ and the Bear somewhere.
2: Not Dukes of Hazard, though. Is that Tuna? that was another one that got got because yeah, of the, of the flag. General Lee. That's yeah.
1: right. I saw somebody made a General Grant. By the way, it had the U.S. flag on top of a blue car. It was number 50. Speaking of BJ and the Bear, I always thought that would be a really good reality show. Loser has to wrestle a bear. That's all I'll say.
2: (laughs) Um,
1: We talked about presentism and what couldn't be made today. Number one vote getter, Blazing Saddles. Absolutely. Couldn't be made today. Uh, Mel Gibson's just making History of the World Part 2, 40 years after the fact. That movie's coming out this year. Mel Brooks. I say Mel Gibson. Mel Brooks. Excuse me. I didn't say Mel Gibson. I was going to
2: say Mel Gibson. No, probably Mel, doesn't care no, about anything.
1: Uh, uh, he's, he's, I hope he finds his mojo. Tremendous actor. Just sometimes the social screw ups, the outside the screen life of stars get them canceled. The whole cancel culture.
2: Do you know anybody that's been truly canceled? Like they're not rich enough to go and start a website or do a podcast or speak their own mind in some form. Hmm.
1: You know, I know that Al Franken still does a podcast.
2: Al Franken is going to be hosting The Daily Show soon. Oh, thank God. That's going to be good. Oh,
1: what a brilliant choice. Um, But he's not a senator. He got canceled from the U.S. Senate where he could do some real good, make some real change. You know, it's nice to have a podcast and have a voice in public, but when you're an elected public official with the ability to be on a committee, you know, champion legislation, get real change done in this country. I think even though he's got a great podcast and he's a brilliant talent, I'm looking forward to seeing him on The Daily Show. I think Al Franken, not in the U.S. Senate, is probably the best example of cancel culture. Especially given the fact some of these knuckleheads are still serving in public office despite their horrific choices. Speaking of which, you know George Santos is already fundraising for 2024? He's fundraising. Who would give that guy money for next election cycle?
2: Well, never underestimate the bad taste of the American public. And a
1: fool and his money are soon pardoned. It's Kyra Knights. We had a great time tonight, folks. Thanks for being a part of all this. Matt, my friend, thank you so much for all your great work.
2: Pleasure as always. Um,
1: we will see you guys tomorrow night. Hope you'll join us then. We'll be back at 7. Have a good evening.